Hello everyone, my name is Ahad Hassan and welcome to Titan Alumni Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to alumni about their journey as a Titan and where they are today. Having been established in 1957, Cal State Fullerton is now nearing 300,000 alumni. Because we are a family of Titans, we should ask the question, who are our alumni? Join me every week as we meet some of our CSUF alumni from various industries to answer this question. For today's episode, we have Austin Nation as our guest. He graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a bachelor's in nursing in 2009, and then he got his master's in nursing in 2011 with a minor emphasis in education. And now he works as an assistant professor, and he is on his fourth year doing so. So thank you, Austin, for being a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is, how did you get into CSUF? I mean, I've been a nurse since 1982, a registered nurse. And Cal State Fullerton has always been the place to come for people wanting to go from an associate to a bachelor's degree. And so I always knew that this was the place to come. And so in nursing, there's not much of a pay difference going from an associate to bachelor's. So I put that journey off for many, 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 many years. And so uh, 20 years into my career, when they were moving towards bachelor's degree becoming entry into practice as sort of the new wave, and I was doing uh, hospital supervision, I knew that I needed to come back to school. And my, my bosses were pushing me back towards school. I knew that I needed to um, get an advanced degree. And so to my surprise, when I popped into the doorstep of Cal State Fullerton in 2000, I actually showed up here in 2004 in the school of nursing saying, hey, I'm ready. And I was trying to figure out how to navigate the online profile because uh, they didn't have computers as savvy yeah. as they did back in the 80s when I went to school. They were just simply data entry tools. And they had said back then, the prediction was there'd be computers in homes. One in every home was the prediction back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I thought it was just a fad, so I, did, I didn't embrace it. Needless to say, I was wrong. Um, and I, I, so I had a hard time uh, navigating the online application system. It was called CSU Mentor. So I popped into the School of Nursing for some assistance. And at that time, I, I, I discovered that I was not ready to come right directly into here with my associate degree, but because there had been that 20 year gap in my um, sort of academic tenure, if you will, that I needed to, there were some classes that had changed and I needed to go back to the community college to pick up. And so uh, I ended up back over at Fullerton College picking up a few classes in order to uh, qualify uh, for admission here to the university apparently you have to get into the university before you can get in, gain admission into the School of Nursing. And then I, um, so after I picked up those classes and I was able to, two years later, to do the admission process here. And so uh, that's what got me onto this campus eventually. And uh, you know, the rest, of, as you say, would be history. I see. So. so tell me about the first time you got your associates. Did you know that you wanted to be a registered nurse from there? And where'd you get it from? Uh, my associate degree came from Long Beach City College. So okay. shout out to Long Beach City College, yeah. LBCC. <laughs> LBCC in the house. Um, I love Long Beach. Long Beach. Uh, I moved from Milwaukee to Long Beach when I was 10 years old. So, um, and I just went to my 40th uh, high school reunion. Uh, I graduated from Millican High School in Long Beach. Oh, okay. So, we so just Long got, Beach, born and raised. Uh, well, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin originally. Oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. So, but when I here since I, I've been in California since age 10. So, fifth grade on, I've been here. So, um, there's a lot of my childhood memories that are from being in, you know, Wisconsin. Um, but much of my, um, you know sort of years that I really sort of remember and cherish were here in Long Beach and, you know, truly the academic journey and my nursing career and everything else that's happened here in Long Beach, started in Long Beach, and really t that's where my life changed. Um, that's where the change really occurred. My oldest sister got into nursing, and so um, I didn't necessarily know I wanted to be a nurse at that point in time. Um, she didn't hear about many men in nursing, particularly many black men. That was almost unheard of um, at the time, and that's a whole nother conversation. But um, 
I knew uh, that there was something about that that I found re um, rewarding. And so um, I ended up getting a job as a orderly. That was my first job in healthcare was as an orderly, which is essentially just helping move patients around and sort of being the muscle, if you will, helping nurses out, um, uh, doing some of the heavy lifting stuff. And um, and that was right after you graduated from LBCC? No, that, that was, was before. Okay. This was bef this was all my pre. This was going from between 15 and actually getting into oh, okay. This is all my, all my sort of years leading up to this interest in discovering this, what this nursing thing was going to go into. I mean, sort of my, sort of my interest in my sort of entree into healthcare was like this orderly gig. And you know, I was, I was a starving kid from, from, from the ghetto as I, as I, as I tell the story. And so, uh, for us, meals were hard to come by. So those, those meals back then were, uh, lifesavers. And yeah. so I'm, I'm grateful to places like that, uh, in my, in my journey that have, um, been, been places that I remember because, I mean, for us to eat beans and stuff was not unusual. So I have I have those memories of what it was like growing up and having hard times and, you know, being in a single parent household and stuff. So moving from being an orderly into something called a nursing assistant, uh, where I did more direct patient care stuff uh, and interacting with patients. And I worked with um, my first job was working with developmentally disabled children, and that was really rewarding. And I had, in that experience, a very challenging, antagonistic licensed vocational nurse, which would be the next level after that. That was sort of spurring me on. To, she used to say to me, nations, with, nations with an S, she would add to my name. She says, like, you're never going to amount to anything, she would say. And I remember telling her, like, oh, one day I'm going to come back and be your boss, lady. And so I don't, I don't know if she did that because she, she saw something in me, which she later told me was what it was. But at the time, I could, I'd never figure out why she just always seemed to be on me. And so when I got accepted into the nursing program right out of high school um, at Long Beach City College, and about a year into that program, I was able to sort of what they call challenge the board to become a licensed vocational nurse, which put me at her level. Um, I was able to uh, go back and sort of say, hey, now I'm at your level and okay, and I'm on my way to becoming a registered nurse. I'm going to come back and be your boss indeed. And she was like, yeah, I knew you could do it. It was, it was really, really, really sweet. And so, um, but it was those kinds of interesting people that I have met in this journey um, that I think were kind of the wind beneath my wings to some degree. Um, but I really just found my, I just, I don't know, something about nursing and doing this, this healthcare job that I just really found my, my passion. I found out that that's where my love was. And um, when I became a registered nurse and getting through that journey, it was the same kind of thing. The director of our program at Long Beach City College was kind of the same kind of thing. Back then there were like 3% of men in nursing, even fewer, or no, I think I was the only black man in our whole class. So again, very um, uh, sort of an anomaly, so to speak, in nursing. Um, and she was uh, less than welcoming. And then when at the graduation ceremony, and she was all of four foot five or something, some little short little woman. And she, on the graduation, they were pinning us alphabetically. And when they got to the, around the end, they went out of order. And so she ended up pinning me. There were three people pinning, pinning us, which is part of the graduation ceremony. She, they pinned us out of order so that I ended up with her pinning me. And so I'm six foot two and she's like, get down here, big guy. And she's giving me a hug and she's giving me a little pin. And she's like, I know you can do it kind of thing. It's like, this is interesting. These, these people that have come across my path who have been sort of, I guess that's their way of cheering me on or I don't know. It's, it's interesting looking back to see where, how that has played out in my life. But yeah, I'm really grateful to those people because I, I think I would have maybe have been based on what was happening in, with the other young men in my neighborhood, I probably would have been more of a wayward lost boy or perhaps a prison or a gang or 
something along those lines based on what other little guys in my neighborhood were doing. Not many of us. I was kind of a book nerd and um, kind of the odd man out, so to speak, growing up as a kid. And so yeah. what classes do you teach on campus? So I teach across the nursing curriculum, um, undergraduate and graduate students. Um, so, and it has varied each, each semester I've been here. I teach because I teach all year round. I'm technically a 10 month employee, but I teach during the summer as well. Yeah, it just depends on any given semester what, what sort of what, my, what, what they have me doing. I tend to work a lot in community health because I'm a community researcher. So that's always, a, that's something I request consistently that I stay out in the community because that helps me with the research that I do to stay connected to what's happening out in, outside of the hospital with some of our community partners. I am now segue into the lead for the leadership course for the undergraduate, that's because of my uh, master's in leadership and because my clinical background is in leadership, has been most of my career. So was, is there like a club for nursing or was there one when you were a student? It was not until I started it. Oh, you did start it, okay. Uh, they didn't tell you that? No, no one told me that, oh, okay. okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, I started the Nursing Student Association. Okay, so tell me about that, how'd that happen? Um, because when I came here and I was, well, uh, when I went to Long Beach City College, I was right out, like I said, I was right out of high school. Yeah. And I was, um, I struggled to get through that, uh, that associate degree program. I graduated, I was 20, I was youngest in my class. It was like, I was in class with people that were probably 40 and 50. Uh, there was a range of people. Back then, most of those nursing programs had a two year wait. They still do, so most oh, of them okay. still have waiting list if you can even get into them. Here we get some five, 600 applications for about 40, 50 slots. So there's still waits if people even get in. For the school of nursing here, our school of nursing, okay. for fitting for our RN to BSN, that's always hard, incredibly difficult to get in. So when I got in here, what I had said was I wanted to have. I was very intentional coming back to school at forty, that I wanted to have a different college experience this time around because what I did from seventeen to twenty was kind of a blur. I mean, for a number of reasons. One, I think it was because I was overwhelmed at seventeen coming. Right, I graduated early high school. I went right into this community college. They got they bypassed this two year waiting list somehow for me. I got a D in science in high school, <laughs> so that's the waiting list for you somehow. And they bypassed the waiting list for me somehow. But the agreement was that my counselor. I don't know how he did this. Another another little blessing along the way. This rough gruff counselor. I'm gonna get you into that if that's what you want to do. He would sit and say to me, um, uh, "I'm gonna get you into that program." I don't know how he did that to this day. Um, how he got me into that program. And I often wonder if it was was this like a one of those back in the day they. Um, uh, they were big uh, in my generation on um, what I call EEO, Equal Opportunity Employer, so they owe oh, us okay. ratios. Yeah. So I wonder if it's because I was black and male that I got into that program. I, I don't know if that's true or not to this day. I can't for sure say. Yeah. Uh, today we call it diversity. Uh, affirmative or, action. Or affirmative yeah. action, yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I wonder if that's how they got me into that program because I, I was a, there's no way I should have gotten that program. Looking as I'm sitting here thinking to you and talking to you about this, I'm like, I, I got a D in science. I hadn't even, gotten a high school diploma at that yeah at that point in time what i did was took um something called a california uh State. efficiency exam is what they called it it okay. wasn't even a ged california nice. efficiency exam which is some new fangled exam that they had that said if you can take this exam and prove that you have the equivalent because i was like i'm out of here high school i'm out of here i want to i want to get on with my life and career i got things to do this might be getting back at 17 right <laughs> um and because i wanted to get off with i want to go to college and had all these big ideas but um, somehow he got me right out of that into this community college, right into this associate degree. So what the agreement was, 
that I would have to take science again that first semester along with my nursing courses and then I could get my high school diploma as well. And of course I didn't care because I already had the equivalent exam, but I was gonna come back for graduation with my peers anyway, which I was gonna do anyway, because I graduated early. I graduated in January instead of June, so I'm still gonna come back anyway. But I ended up getting a D again in biology. But I just had to retake that class again and get a B the following semester, but they ended up giving me my high school, my high school diploma. I have a high school diploma hanging on my wall um, to this day. I'm like, so I'm not, maybe my memory of the details is, are, are very fuzzy still, um, because it was so long ago, but I know I did that course twice because I looked at the transcripts and I know I struggled with biology and I struggled yeah. with science. And I say that because oftentimes I think people will think, uh, one, I first year in the college, which I need to also say, so the path hasn't been easy. My grandma was like a nursing assistant, so she was entry level nursing because for women, black nurses, my grandma was a slave. Oh, okay. So uh, education for her was real taboo. So that's another whole whole thing as I think about what kind of nurse she was um, in terms of her nursing and being a nursing assistant. But education for black people was, in her generation was like taboo. So um, it was interesting for me to, to look back and see my own struggle with science that if someone would say, to, have said to me back then, oh, one day you're gonna have a PhD and be a professor, <laughs> I'd have told them they were probably joking, crazy, <laughs> crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I say that to say that with enough perseverance, you you can achieve whatever goal that you set your your, your heart and your mind to, and then circumstances can line up and work in in your favor. But when I I was clear after that experience that um, I wanted to have a different college experience when I got here, and when I got, came here that first semester, and we all came um, to the Iron to BSN program. Many of us were lost when we got here, and there was nobody to show us the way. There was there was no um, sort of big sister, big brother mentorship, any of that stuff yeah. happening. So um, a group of us got together. That's what we did, and we set up uh, a mentoring program, big sister, big brother program, which uh, was really awesome. And then I partnered with a group called the Flying Samaritans, and they were coming out of UC Riverside. What'd they do? They were doing a health clinic in El Hongo, Mexico. Oh, okay. Once a month, they, would, they wanted, and they wanted RNs. And uh, not all of the groups, not all the nursing cohorts had RNs, but we did. We were the RNBS since because we were all working out nurses, which is not the case today. Uh, but we were all working nurses that had RN license, which is what they needed. They needed people with RN license to go down to this little village in Mexico, and they would come get us at 3, 4 in the morning. We would bust down to Mexico. And UCR, UC Riverside, had pharmacists, pharmacy students, doctors, doctor students, dentists, dental students, I believe. We were their nursing people. And we would go down and we would set up this little clinic with sheets, and it was crazy. And people in this township would come, and we'd be there all day doing providing free care. It was almost like a group called Physicians Without Borders. I don't know if you've heard of this group. It's a comparable group I see. Uh, where people, you do the, you, you, you adopt a town or a city and you go and provide free health care on an ongoing basis. So they're providing glasses, free medication, free health screenings, free all of this stuff. And they needed nurses to be able to help them with that front, that front stuff of that, those initial assessments. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a great partnership. And so, and for us as nurses, it really broadened our lens of what, like most of us were, I mean, we were nurse, working nurses, you're used to getting paid for stuff. So what a way to get back to just the world, right? And so yeah. for me, I remember when I went, it was just it's eye-opening to see such, I mean, I don't know, you realize how well, how fortunate we are in America. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We go to a place like that. I never forget the little village we went to and seeing that little town and go, wow. So what is the, uh, what is a community nurse? Like, what do you do exactly with that? Community nurse is the way of the future of nursing is what I call this is where um, is where is where we're moving towards. 
community nurses that we are taking nursing care to where people live, work, play, and pray. That's oh, the mantra. Okay, I see. So instead of providing care, currently in the United States, we're providing most health care in hospitals, in the life yeah. care. When you get sick, you come see us. Yeah, we come we see most. Yeah, we do the lion's share of your care when you're sick uh, or dying. That's where it mostly occurs. Where, where the, the movement now is towards doing uh, more on the front end. So prevention and wellness, how can we encourage you to quit smoking? Community nurse, how can I oh, okay. have a conversation with you? One, I need to have a conversation, do a health screening, find out about your lifestyle, yeah. your practices, your diet, education, education resources, where, before you get sick. So I need to come yeah. to where you are because before you get sick, right? And then, so you kind of like pioneered the whole nursing club and expanding it through there because it didn't seem like anything was there before you went in. Nobody. I, and I, uh, that, that is my legacy. That one and then starting the nursing alumni chapter was my gift after I graduated was to start a nursing alumni chapter because when we graduated, we were like, well, we want to stay involved. We want to stay connected. What can we do? So I have been um, keeping up the nursing alumni effort, which has been a more daunting task because keeping people connected to us after they graduate has been a bit harder. Um, and it was really harder for me when I was in San Francisco because I, was, I wasn't in the area. So a lot of I'm relying on social media on my phone to help me with. Um, but I, I've always had um, you know, a good amount of folks that are seeing the posts. We have a Facebook group that are, that are, that's there for nursing alumni that are seeing this stuff. Um, what has really been helpful for nursing alum and getting some of my, my, my peers back, which I'm really excited about, has been when we started doing the Alumni Association a couple years ago, when I guess my, my first year Becker's faculty, they were doing some funding to do some, um, what do they call it, Titan, Titans Across Generations was what it was okay. called. And so, and then we, I, when I wrote, wrote it up, our, my proposal, I called it Titan Nurses Across Generations. And so we were able to bring back nurses from 1970s, some, some of the people that were here from the 70s all the way to 2010s I see. together for our first Titan Nurses Across Generations conference, and it was amazing. And since then, that event, and then since I moved back down, back home, how as I would call it, uh, and getting my faculty job here, my dream job back here at Cal State Fullerton, as I call it, because this was like hometown boy made good. Yeah. I'm really so grateful to be back at Cal State Fullerton. I love Cal State Fullerton. I've gotten another uh, colleague back here, a couple of them back now, who have inquired about coming back now and reaching out to me about coming now back here as faculty. And that's always, uh, I, was, I was talking to Justin here about, you know, the idea that we're we're educated here and we work here and we're alums like we, I, that, like that's a double win for us, right? Yeah. There's something that if I can, be in front of a student and talk about my own experience here as a student, and now I'm back as faculty. To me, uh, it's got to be different for a student, I would imagine, hearing it from us versus hearing it from somebody else who yeah. didn't do this journey. Because you went through imagine, everything, yeah. Right? Especially when I can say to them, like I do, when I did this class you're in, right? Because I remember so vividly doing some of these classes that they're in. I mean, some of them have changed a bit, but the idea, the concept is still there and how I've been able to use that since my time here, I can share with them that experience, right? In a way that I think if, you're, if you've not done it, I don't know, I just think it would be hard to speak to um, the same way um, if you don't know our curriculum, right? Yeah, so you've experienced both as a student and then as an alumni, seeing it back and then also as a teacher mm -hmm. and a faculty there. So tell me some of the difficulties that came with going back to school where you were around like 20 years older than all the other students. 
how did that work? Because you were also working at that time, right, as an RA? No, I was not working. Okay. I pulled out of working. I wasn't working at that at that point in time. Okay. Um, I, I, I won't say what I caught the little 20-year-olds I came back to school with. <laughs> I was the little 20-year-olds. That's what I called them. Well, we'll just say it. That's a nice thing to say I'm recording, little 20-year-olds. <laughs> I was 40. They were 20. So they were a lot faster than I was. Um, their brain synapses fired a lot faster than mine. Yeah, I struggled. I struggled. I mean, they helped me navigate, like I said, the computer world, how to learn how to use, you know, PowerPoints, uh, put together a word document. Yeah, because it would be twenty years since you were last in the classroom setting, yeah. and then coming back in, same like subject, but it's I'm old school. I was yeah. when I did research last. When I last left research stuff. It was going to the library, and we had something called a card catalog you go through, and you talk to a librarian. Oh, to find the books. Or to anything. find the books, and you go to a shelf, and you pull up the books, and you left with a big stack of books, and you threw them in your backpack, and you went home and went through them. Oh. Or you use the big big books of books for something called encyclopedias. We all have encyclopedias at home. We were luck fortunate enough to have encyclopedias, or get your hands on some, and they were like the equivalent of what would be your internet. They had your everything about any topic you want to look up would be your encyclopedias. And so coming back and navigating World Wide Web and learning how to use all this stuff and technology and um, was very, very, very different. Um, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest challenge coming back and learning how to use the, um, what do y'all guys call it here, Moodle? Yeah. Moodle? Yeah, Moodle. Titanium is what the fancy name they called it here. Yeah, because uh, it was different than it was in the community college over there. They called it something else over there at the Fullerton College. They called it something else. It wasn't the same. This the platform that I used over there. So it was a, little, a lot different here. Um, this was like Fulham and College on steroids here. <laughs> I was able to get through my little one, two, three classes over there pretty easy. So throughout your career, I wanted to ask you, how has your idea on success changed since you were an orderly in high school, then going to LVCC and then Fullerton, and then now? What popped in my head right now is I, I think that if someone would have told me as a little black boy that I would ever grow up to see a black president in the United States, I would have told them that they were crazy. It's, it's a parallel to that as a little black boy saying, if you would have ever told me that I would ever have achieved this degree of success in my life as a doctoral degree professor from one of the best universities in the country, working at, uh, to me, the best university in Orange County, I would have told you were crazy as well. Yeah. Because I am a D science student. <laughs> I am, right? I, I, my philosophy was if you couldn't see it with a naked eye, it wasn't worth seeing, and that was so wrong. So the I, success can be achieved even if you can't see it at the time. And so I think that what has saved me is the ability to be able to continue to dream beyond my wildest dreams. And then you have to do some work. Um, you have to put in the work, and it takes some perseverance and it takes some determination. My thing was, when I came here, I said, when I came back, I'm, I said, because I wanted to be a case manager, I was clear about what I came, was going to do here. Okay. Let me just see if I can get this bachelor's degree. I was 40. Yeah. Let me just see. I'm an RN. I'm good. Yeah. It's not going to make me a whole lot more money, right, like I said. Yeah. But let me just see, right? Yeah. If I can do it, right? Then I got near the end of the bachelor's, and I had an incredible, a bunch of professors. I won't even name any names because there's, I get emotional because there was so much love in this department here of people who, when I came here as the old guy, and they met me and loved me and saw my passion for what it was that I was doing here, who supported um, every dream. I will say one, Dr. Penny Weissmuller, who's now our interim chair. I absolutely, she was, she was my 
there's two I would like knowledge. Uh, Dr. Penny Weissmuller and Amy Nelson, who was my academic advisor then, uh, those two people. Amy Nelson guided my academic path, and uh, Dr. Penny Weissmuller was, um, and Amy were both the only two people um, when I said to them this idea of starting this nursing student association dream, who said, um, they'll come behind me. Because a lot of people are like, eh, we did it before, or now it's not going to work, and eh. I got a lot of naysayers. And those two people um, said, if you want to do it, we'll help you. We'll come behind you. And I am so grateful to them to this day, because they showed up in a way that went above and beyond um, during my time here. Um, and they have continued to. Um, in fact, I was just texting Amy yesterday saying, we're overdue for lunch. I'm missing her. And I just need to spend some time with her. Um, she's still here on campus. She's done a, a few positions since then. But I just, since I've been back, she's like one of my biggest cheerleaders. She's been, when I was gone, she, when I was here, she's just someone that I adore. Uh, same thing with Dr. Weissmuller. And they're just people that, you know, there's like people here that are just in your corner and they have been from day one. Uh, Dr. Dr. Garen, Marianne Garen would be another one that I would mention. And on the record, she was our, my graduate um, advisor, and she's another one that uh, Professor Ringo, Karen Ringo, was another one. Um, there are just people that in this school of nursing that I just have helped me in my path that were just that just showed up big time for me um, as a student here. Um, I mean, I remember telling I know. Professor Ringo, I was like, I came back to school. I said, I want to see if I can do this this bachelor's thing. Oh, I wanted to, oh, when I was doing my, my bachelor's, I said I wanted to see, I wanted to, when I thought I wanted to, when I was finishing the bachelor's and thought I wanted to teach, she said, I need a master's, I found out. And I said, well, I'll, I'll teach online so I don't have to show up to campus. She let me shadow her for an online class. And, uh, same kind of thing. It was kind of the same thing. She said, I know your personality. You were not, you were, that was not going to be you. And she let me shadow her and do a class for her during a summer. And boy, it was, I hated it. Because <laughs> you, know, you don't know, get to know students. You just yeah. see names. And it was like so, so such a disconnect for me. But they gave me those opportunities for so, so me to get the clear of this vision about what, it, what I thought I wanted to do. But people that just showed up and went above and beyond to help me, just help me. And when I came back as faculty, they were there welcoming me back. Um, and just, and I mean, just sat with Professor Ringo uh, a couple weeks ago, and she again was just sharing her wisdom with me. And it's amazing. Some amazing people here. So. so this just shows how profound of an effect some professors could have on students if the professors put in the work. Because I know a lot of professors, they just teach the class in the most bland way, and they don't really help out or care too much for the students. But then there are the professors who go above and beyond, and they're there with the students. They personally call them into office hours, take them out to lunch. And just keep them connected in ways that, at that time, it doesn't seem like a lot to the student or the professor, but maybe in a few years down the road, it could change the whole student's life. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm giving back a fraction of that in those students that I work with. I think I am. I feel good I am. <laughs> that's that's what was given to me. Like, how could I not pay that forward, right? Yeah. I see what you mean. Um, is there any quick tips you would give students right now, like two or three, to end it off? Like, currently on campus, or maybe trying to get into the nursing school, or maybe like trying to figure out their passion or where they want to major in? For nursing, yeah, the nursing, good news. Nursing has historically, like I said, been a very difficult program to get into because it's so impacted. Yeah. Um, 
We're going to something called Holistic Admissions that is starting in the fall of this year. Okay. Next year. Next year. Um, fall away. We're, yeah, fall of yeah. next year. Um, where we're looking at historically what they've been looking at is just the top top GPAs as a few other things, but GPAs for, for the most part have weighed pretty heavily um, in the total application process along with some of the other things. Where now we're looking at in addition to the GPAs, top GPAs, but we're also looking at our um, strong uh, statements um, and strong interviews. Oh, you're doing interviews now. We are. Oh, that's going to be a little difficult, but... Oh, well, why do you say that? I'll tell you why I say this as faculty. Why do you say this? Uh, are there not like a lot of students that you need to interview? Oh, or you make that's like, why I say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just thinking so it really it's going to be, be a lot of essays for us to read, they're asking us, and yeah. it's going to be a lot of students that we're going to have to interview. We're hoping that by doing this new thing that is, is, some, is a, it's a, some kind of grant, I think someone got, to do holistic, what they're calling holistic admission, that we're going to be able to get a more... A complete picture com of the student. Of the, yeah, there, you, said, yeah. you said it better than I did. Like a richer, broader depth, richer depth of yeah. student, I like to think. A more diverse student than just the high number. GPA yeah. number student. Let's talk to some of our advisors here. We have some great advisors in our advising office who can, uh, you know, uh, point you down the path and see if uh, uh, now might be a good time for you to come our way. All right. Is anything else you would like to end it off with? Proud Titan forever. That's all <laughs> I ever say. Proud Titan forever. Thank you for this opportunity. All right. And with that, we're going to end the episode here. Thank you so much, Austin, for joining us this week and sharing your experiences, your wisdom, and all that you know with us students at Cal State Fullerton. I know a lot of to-be nursing students who will really benefit from your advice and just your knowledge with it. So if you would like to connect with Austin and other Titan alumni, make sure you join Titan Pro Network, which is our very own Titan LinkedIn site. Students and alumni can connect among our Titan family to get career advice, have your resume reviewed, and even find a mentor. So join Titan Pro Network today. If you have missed any of our episodes, check them out on our YouTube channel by searching for CSUF alumni. And be sure to watch this live every Saturday at 4 p.m. on Titan Radio for Titan Alumni Talks.